0: everyone. Welcome to Growing Woman. I am your host, Christina Singh, and Growing Woman is a show all about amplifying and uplifting women's voices and stories. I am so freaking thrilled that you are here listening to this show with me right now, Um, and I am so excited about this week's guest. Really, truly. Um, Jasmine Williams is on the show this week, and she is absolutely incredible. Uh, If you don't know Jasmine, she is an award-winning writer, content marketing expert, and the founder of Jasmine Williams Media and Clickworthy Creatives. So she helps creative entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, and growth stage startups scale their businesses with strategic storytelling. We talk about it all in this episode. We talk about Jasmine's journey, freelancing, uh, creating resources for others when they aren't there, listening to your friends and and those conversations with friends that just make you want to write down every word they're saying. We talk about really being open and honest about how much we're all making. We talk about just the journey of presenting ourselves online and how that really has impacted jasmine over the past year so enjoy this conversation with jasmine i cannot wait for you to hear it and also keep an eye out or an ear out i should say for a partnership this week for this episode with the joy method and my dear friend stephanie verchelle i am so so excited to be collaborating with stephanie on this episode enjoy this conversation with Jasmine. I know I did and cannot wait for you guys to hear more about her story. Thanks everyone. Jasmine, welcome to Growing Woman. I am so, so excited to have you on the show this week. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm really excited. Yeah. Well, I found you online. Um, I actually found you a year ago and I um, have been following you since and I really love your journey and your content and your mission. And so I thought I would reach out to you because I know you are all about working with freelancers and helping them uh, become comfortable and like make leaps and really kind of challenging um, the social norms around freelancing. So I really wanted to talk to you about your journey and about your business and how you came to be in this like uh, support role, really um, this cheerleader I would imagine for freelancers. (laughs) Um, How did this come about? How did you start this journey? Yeah,
1: I mean, I guess the journey started a few years ago, maybe like three or four years ago, um, or maybe even, let's take it back. Let's do Um, it. (laughs) Take it all the way back. Um, So I first started freelancing in university. That was the first time I was ever actually paid to write something. Um, And ever since, I'd always kind of been freelancing on the side. Like I'd always write some articles. Um, I remember when I was... Younger, there's one point where I was working retail, and um, I was kind of getting sick of it. And I realized, like, wait a second, I think I could probably make the same money, if not more, freelancing versus just you know standing here and folding baby clothes all day. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of my first sort of taste of it. It was just one summer, I think, in between um, while I was in school, where I was making. That's how I kind of made my money. That was sort of my part-time job. So, I guess fast forward through university. Um, also, I should mention, I guess that I studied journalism in school, so that's awesome. where I got into writing. Um, yes, once I graduated, I started applying for jobs. Kind of ended up in marketing, and sort of flipped back between marketing and like more editorial journalistic roles. Um, but just didn't really have a great time in the nine to five world. Not for me. Yeah. Uh, so even throughout that, I was always freelancing on the side, you know, just to make a little bit of extra money. Like it was never a lot, but it was just enough to kind of, you know, if I wanted to go out or, you know, get some fancy groceries, I didn't have to worry about it.
0: <laughs> you like a cheese platter for this week. Freelance. Exactly. Job.
1: <laughs> Sometimes you just want that fancy Parmesan. Like exactly. I, I, <laughs> uh, love that. So that's kind of always what I've always done. And then, but as I was in the working world and was just really struggling to find my footing, my, I always kind of went back to freelancing. Like it was always in the back of my mind where I was like, what if I could do this full time? Like, what if I was just paid to write and that could be my full time income? And for a long time, it just seemed out of reach. Like I didn't know anybody who was really doing it full time. Mm. In the way that I wanted to do it, and then uh, fortunately, I was able to meet uh, my friend and now mentor, or more of a friend now, but definitely mentor when I got started. uh, My friend Shauna, when I was kind of in at this crossroads, like I was at my last full-time job, things weren't working out. I was trying to figure out what kind of thing I could do on my own because I knew I wanted to kind of start my own business and do that, but I just didn't really know how to (laughs) make it sustainable. (laughs) Um, I'll also add that a year before. I was laid off and during that time I thought okay here's my chance to figure out the freelancing thing did not figure it out
0: <laughs> ended <laughs> up back such a at- good story though because I feel like there are those moments where you're like now is the time and then it's like oh actually like let's recalibrate and exactly learn. like I just I was kind of stringing
1: things together but was not making enough to survive Um, so I knew I just I was like okay this isn't working let's go find a job but then went back to a job had the same issues I had before so I Mm. knew okay let me try this again Uh, but fortunately meeting that friend of mine really changed the game for me because she was doing what I wanted to do and she was just from the beginning was so generous like she told me you know this is what I'm making this is how many clients I'm working with this is what I'm doing and I'm like I literally remember (laughs) I was we we started off DMing and I was like do you actually want to hop on the phone like it was a random <laughs> Thursday night um but i was like i'm like learning so much from you and i just like want to keep talking to you and she's like yeah sure so we jump on the phone i literally had like i was writing on post-it notes because oh i couldn't even gosh. find a notebook and i was like i need to get all of this down um i've been and- there Yeah, sometimes you just have those moments you're like, in that moment, I'm like, I think this is kind of like a life changing call. Like, of course, that's a lot to put on a person. But I remember being like, I think I think this is a turning point. Um, But yeah, after I learned everything from her, a few months later, I started putting some feelers out, let some people know that I've been freelancing for before, that I was looking to do this more permanently and was able to kind of build up some work before I left my job, basically. So it wasn't like a full on leap. Um, And then to kind of start. Go, go, go. (laughs) go,
0: Keep going. I love it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. um, Yeah. So that's kind of how, that's my journey to freelancing full time. But then in terms of becoming more of a mentor, um, like when I started freelancing, I knew I wanted to kind of talk about my journey because again, I hadn't really seen a lot of people choosing to do this. Like I found a couple of random blogs online, but, um, and those were the ones that really gave me a lot of confidence. Right. I, it was still very, I think new, just like, yeah, three years ago doing doing freelancing like this. Um, So I was like, let me write about stuff. Let me share my stuff online because I felt like, you know, even though I'm still figuring out, maybe I might be that kind of inspiration or like for anybody else who's interested in doing this. So I'll keep talking about it. And then over time, people started reaching out to me and asking me to like pick my brain and things like that. So that's how
0: I started kind of That's, yeah, how I first started um, kind of mentoring people. Oh, my gosh. I have so many questions, and I love (laughs) that. I love this story and this journey. So to clarify, when you were freelancing, you were writing. So what did that look like? Who were you writing for? What were those gigs, basically?
1: Yeah. Like it really was just like stringing gigs together. Um, When I first started, I did a bit more journalistic writing than I do Mm. now. Now I do more like blogs for like corporate blog, like clients, that sort of thing. Um, But when I started off, I kind of, yeah, I would, I remember I had a sort of a regular gig with, um, it was like a a magazine run by Shoppers Drug Mart. (laughs) Um, I I love it. Yeah. Like the random things you do when you're kind of figuring things out. So I was write for, (laughs) I write for them. I also uh, helped my dad out with some social media. Um, I helped another friend of mine out with some social media. So that's kind of what I was doing, mostly social media and freelance writing. Um, in that way. And then over time, as I kind of built up my portfolio, I was able to, and I guess, build my network a little bit more too. I was able to um, position myself for longer term
0: gigs, bigger bigger clients, that sort of thing. That's really exciting because I think there's a great lesson in this where um, we all know that there are certain little things we have to do in order to piece together the life that we ultimately want and these goals that we have. Um, But I love that, you know, you had these smaller gigs that you were piecing together, but they were leading to lessons, number one, and then a Mm. larger journey for you. So when you, because you had mentioned that the nine to five really wasn't, Your thing. How did you balance these freelance jobs with your full time job? Was that a challenge for you, for somebody who might be listening and like doing that? How did you structure your time in that way? Because I'm always very curious about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it definitely was a challenge, especially closer to the end where I knew. Uh, Like, I was just kind of freelancing, it started turning into an outlet, like I was just unhappy with my work. So I just started taking on more and more work, to the point that it was getting kind of unsustainable. Like I was Mm. just... Um, like I was doing things that I do not recommend, like, uh, doing interviews on work time, um, because that was the only time I was able to talk to sources. Uh, so it was just getting to a point where I'm like, this is not cool. Like I'm not, I'm not that much of a rule breaker, but I knew that this is, if I were to get caught, that's probably not going to work out for me. Um, but I'd say like for a while, I just sort of kept it limited to like evenings and weekends. Mm -hmm. So I could do maybe like one maybe two blog posts a week if I really pushed it. Um, Because of course, you know, you're working all day, you come home, you got to cook dinner, have a life. And then at some point you have to sit down and and write an article. Like it's just, um, yeah, at the beginning, I definitely really kept it limited. Um, So I think honestly to like even share numbers, I think I was maybe making like an extra 400 or $500 a
0: month. Like it wasn't anything um, major, But But, that's still like, I mean, on top of a full-time job, I mean, that is exciting when you're making extra funds like that because obviously you then know, oh, I can make income from this. I can generate income from this. This episode is sponsored by The Joy Method. Listen, guys, this past year has been insane. All of us have collectively changed and It is really hard to know how to even process that. (laughs) So my question for you is, has something changed for you? Have you realized something shifted and you're just not really sure, you know, how to identify that or navigate that? Maybe you don't know where to start. Maybe you have new goals, new desires, dreams, wishes, challenges. Well, that is where the JOY method comes in. The Joy Method is a nine week transformational program created by my dear friend Stephanie Vershaw. She is a two time guest of this show, so I highly recommend you go and listen to her episodes. She developed this program after she went through her own deeply transformational process. She is all about taking a deep dive into what's holding you back. So, the Joy Method is all about how you can finally unblock what's in your way and talk about those goals, talk about those challenges, and talk about the happiness that you want in your life. I personally went through this program and it changed my perspective on so much of what I value in my life and how my energy changes when I'm either high energy or low energy. Listen, I know that sometimes things like this can be scary and it can be really uh, intimidating to jump into a new program, Um, but I also, feel so strongly now is the time to embrace your potential. Being afraid of your potential is just not on the table anymore. I feel so strongly now is the time to make your goals, your wishes a reality and to finally unblock what's in your way. So if you're ready to finally find your joy, the joy method is perfect for you. So how can you sign up? You can head to StephanieForshow.com slash The Joy Method to register for the next round starting on August 25th. And when you register, make sure you list Growing Woman in the registration forum as to how you found her program. Now is the time to make the choice for yourself. I also want to mention Stephanie is offering payment plans so no one feels left behind. You can also head to the link in my bio on my Instagram page at Growing Woman Pod. It is the perfect way to find that link as well. Um, And also, if you're not sure yet, if you want to be a part of the joy method, get to know Stephanie a bit more on her Instagram. She's all about authentic connection, and she'll be talking about the program a ton on her Instagram. Just let her know that I sent you if you do choose to sign up for the program. I'm so, so excited to partner with Stephanie on this and so thrilled to, you know, offer this meaningful connection to my listeners. So cheers to your joy. Cheers to you. You are incredible. Now let's get back to the show. Something that you were talking about was really like having a life, having all those things. So it sounds like you also appreciate a balance of having your personal life and your work life around you. Um, But when you discovered you could make money through regularly freelancing and you started to do that, Mm -hmm. How did that change your mindset into pursuing this more and more?
1: Oh, it completely changed my mindset because one thing I always struggled with working in a full-time job is that I found that oftentimes when you're you're really productive or you're a high performer... You're only rewarded with getting more work. <laughs> like I don't, I don't <laughs> That's know about so true. anybody else, but maybe unless you, if you're working in sales, then you get like a commission or a bonus. But I found for myself, I was just given more responsibility. They'd be like, "Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. Jasmine, you're amazing. We're gonna promote you to this, but we're not gonna pay you anymore, and we're not gonna give you any support. You're just gonna have to like work harder."
0: <laughs> oh my God, you are. So- speaking so much truth right now because that is just so funny. I it's like, here's more work for doing all the work. Yeah. So what did that feel like like when you just started to cut you off, but what did that feel like for you when you I were it, having that happen?
1: It just felt like a bum deal to be honest. I was <laughs> like I was happy of course that my you know my employers were happy and that they saw potential in me. Um but I just felt I just felt limited you know at the end yeah. of the day it's like it didn't matter how much i worked or how little i worked pretty much i would get you know you get the same salary you get the same paycheck every two weeks um so i just found myself kind of wondering like if i work for myself i realized that whatever i put into it i got out if not the same or more you know, yeah. um, in terms of my time, in terms of my effort, in terms of my abilities and my talent, you know, uh, so that's really when I started freelancing, and especially when I started, you know, making, you know, a little bit more money, a little bit more per assignment here or there, um, or even seeing the reactions from the people's working with you know, I'd send them a blog post, and they'd be like, oh, this is great, can you write more? Like I found mm. that's usually what would happen, like once they, you know, get a taste of working with me, they'd be like, okay, like, let's go, let's just give Jasmine everything. Um, But compared to a job where you're just capped, I realized here, I wasn't capped, you know, like, I could work a lot, but then I would also be compensated for every single hour that I was put in. Um, Of course, there's a downside to that mindset in terms of like burning out, which is now my mindset's a little bit different, but definitely when I was starting out, that really did motivate me and that I was like, oh, I feel like this is a way where I can, you know, work with people who really see my talent and not be capped by one employer. Imagine if I could do the same thing for five clients, six clients. Like the sky is the limit. Um so that's really kind of what motivated me. I was like, okay, if if I could just make this work. And even talking to my friend Shauna, where she's like, I have like four or five clients and this is how much I'm making. And I'm like, that's it. Like I could do that. I was like, we have the same background. We have the I'm I, you know, I'm just as good of a writer as you like that it just that sort of reinforcement, like making money and then also talking to people who were doing it and realizing that I didn't have to like string together a bunch of like, you know, 20 different gigs in a month, you know, I just needed to figure out what, what it is that I want to do and um, like the value of that work. And you can just go from
0: there. Yeah. 100%. And I, something I really appreciate as you're speaking about this journey of yours is that you're sharing numbers and you're talking openly about making money
1: mm-hmm. and
0: about having someone tell you how much money they're making and sharing that with you. Because I think that is something as women, we don't always talk about with each other. And it's something that I know in my life, I'm trying to have more open conversations with m- people in my network about mm-hmm. how much they're making um, or how much they're approaching someone for know uh, you know, regarding a certain job. So I really appreciate you being so candid about that. Just how much you're making and then these conversations that you were having with your friend Shauna. Um, and I want to go back to that conversation with her. But what I even noticed while you're talking about this change and um working as a freelancer is your confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that you were becoming more and more confident as people were giving you roles. And you said, you know, when somebody works with me, they align with so much of what I'm doing that they want to keep working with me. And there is so much power in embracing and um, like feeling power in your potential and your confidence. And I love that you just through this work gained so much confidence. It feels like, is that true? And like, how has that always been the case for you? Or was that coming through this um, journey of, of this freelancing work?
1: Yeah, definitely. I 100% agree. I know my friends would all agree that I've (laughs) changed in in a good way um, through, yeah, starting my own business and this entrepreneurial journey I've been on. Um, But yeah, I do feel like it doing this work or any kind of entrepreneurship work or anything, anything that's like where you are the leader of it, and you realize that you know if you're not bringing in work, you don't eat. You know, there's a (laughs) yeah uh, that when you realize that the stakes are a little bit higher, it just forces you to show up. And when I started, I definitely did, like I struggled with at least the more outgoing sides of the business. Like I knew I was comfortable writing. Um, I've always been like more of an introvert, kind of that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But then I realized I needed to get better at sales. I needed to talk to people and, Mm -hmm. um, and build my confidence in that thing. So I would basically just kind of force myself to, to get uncomfortable. You know, I'd go to networking events. I remember the first networking event I went to in Toronto, I literally was standing like by the pizza table, like deer in headlights fully, (laughs) like every emotion on my face. I was literally like in my head being like, it's okay. You can just talk to, talk to two people and then you can go. (laughs)
0: Like
1: that's where I was at, uh, you know, just three years ago. I was just so nervous. Uh, Fortunately, actually the 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 person who ran that event saw me. He came over. I didn't know at the time, but he's just like, "Is it your first time?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it is." He's like, "Yeah, I could tell." <laughs> <laughs> You're
0: standing he's like, by the pizza, like eating pizza, like <laughs> yeah.
1: just talking to two people. <laughs> yeah, literally, like yeah. in my head, hyping myself up, thinking that I'm like playing it cool and probably I looked. <laughs> um, absolutely terrified. Um, but yeah, I just would kind of force myself to do things. I'd give myself little goals like that. I'd be like, yeah, I could talk, talk to two people and then you can leave. Uh, it's kind of like what they say when you're trying to work out. It's like, just do 10 minutes. Like exactly. generally if you do the 10 minutes, you'll probably stick around for the rest of the workout. Right. Right. Well, you are flexing that muscle.
0: It's the yeah. same thing. You're flexing your confidence muscle, your networking muscle, you know, your writing muscle every time you're doing something like that. And so I think yeah. those small goals are really important. I really want to talk to you about the transition into your own business because mm-hmm. obviously that confidence in your work had to be building and something I really love about your story is that you went through this journey and now you're helping other people go through this journey because you realized there really aren't as many resources out there for people who are doing what I did. So when did that shift happen for you into starting something to support people who are in the same position as you were? I mean, almost from the
1: beginning, it's something that I did for free, I guess. Like when any, when anybody, anytime somebody would message me asking to, for advice, I'd always hop on the phone and do it. I think I did probably like 20 or 30 calls like that. Um, And then I was nearing the end of it. I was just realizing I'm hearing kind of similar stories from people, similar questions and just the the sheer volume of it. It's like, if this many people are looking for help, um, then maybe this is, this is something that I could create. Like it really it really kind of came from my own, my own journey. Like I kind of pieced things together through Google, through, through mentors, through um, some coaches here and there. And once I kind of figured it out, I realized that more people need to know, (laughs) like more people need (laughs) access to this information. Um, And one thing I've always been relatively good at is just organizing things. And I think simplifying things, maybe it's just my, um kind of type anus or maybe like with writing possibly as well um but that's some feedback I've gotten a lot where people talk to me and be like oh you just made this so simple like I feel like I can do it I'm like Mm -hmm. yeah I don't think it's that complicated I don't think you need an MBA to start a business you kind of just need to get a hold of the fundamentals um and I feel like that's that's what I noticed like people just needed that confidence to to do it and that was like the confidence that Shauna gave me that was the confidence that working with a coach gave me. Um, So over, I guess, maybe the last two years or so, I had an idea of creating something I knew the problem basically that I wanted to solve, which was I wanted to help freelancers. I wanted to help educate them. I wanted like, how, but how that was what I was trying to figure out. I was like, how do I educate them? Is this like one-on-one coaching? Is this a book? Is this a podcast? You know, I've considered doing that as well. Yeah. Um, And then last summer I started working with a client of mine who Uh, teaches people how to create courses and in kind of working for them and and writing for them and researching all of this stuff. I was like, I think, I think it's a course. I think this is the format. that's so
0: cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's kind of how I, stumble or not stumbled but that was sort of the journey I went on but for a while I was yeah I was trying to figure out I knew people needed help but how I wanted to help them I couldn't quite figure out and then last summer is when it kind of clicked for me.
0: That's so great because something I've noticed about uh, your experience is that you're very open to trying new things. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you're very open to experimenting and seeing if something works and coming back and trying again. That's uh, I think a lot of people are afraid to do things like that. Mm -hmm. Or were you afraid in these areas? (laughs) Like, how do you tackle fear if you were, you know, where has fear popped up for you along the way with these decisions?
1: Oh, yeah. No, I've like, I mean, I was scared to go to a networking event. Right.
0: (laughs) 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 Right. (laughs) The pizza, you gotta remember the pizza. (laughs) Yeah,
1: like definitely fear is something um, that I have dealt with a lot. I think the difference that with me or just I think what you need to have in terms of being a business owner is that resiliency piece so like for sure you said how you said like you want to like I personally love experimenting I love trying new things I don't let one failure or one setback define me or define the situation Um, like even the next summer when I told a friend like hey I'm going to try freelancing again she's like didn't you do and this friend of course is quite blunt I love her to death but she's like didn't you try that last summer and it didn't work out at all (laughs) 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 And I was like, yeah, absolutely. But I figured it out this time. And she's like, okay, sure. Um, But I I actually did. I think that's the thing. People tend to be skeptical. But for me, I am, if I'm really, if I really want to do something, or if I really feel like something needs to happen, whether it's like, yeah, creating that course or starting the business, I will keep working at it until, um, I get it. And I try not to dwell too much, I guess, on the negative, like, I'll see the positive, like, hey, you did make money. Hey, you did get good feedback. Maybe you didn't get as many clients as you thought. Maybe you didn't make as quite as much money as you thought, but there's progress happening. Um, And I think for me, that's what I look at. I look to see if, if things, if there's movement, if there's growth, uh, if, there isn't, then that's when I start to think maybe I'm not doing the right thing or I need to go into a different, go in a different direction. Um, But for me, I just look for that sign that like, oh, this is resonating with people. Even if it's one person or two person, I think in my head, and maybe that's the part of being a a bit delusional that you think you need to have when you're starting a business, but you're like, well, if there's one of them, there's probably
0: more. (laughs) Well, I mean, you're totally right. I think that first, it's awesome to hear about your mindset because I think there are a lot of people who need that reminder. I can easily get consumed in fear. And if something doesn't work out, I'm like, ah, then nothing is going to work out. And I feel like it's really easy to have that um, happen, but you know, there, it's really hard to keep going. It's really hard to be just on the brink of quitting and then you don't, and you keep going. Mm -hmm. Those are challenges that, you know, can be really hard, but I think when you're shaping your mindset around the lessons that you've learned, that's really rad and such a great way to frame those things because then you're not looking at failures as failure. I can't do anything. You're looking at, okay, this particular thing didn't work out. What lesson did I learn from it? What did I gain? How can I move forward? Um, I think that's Absolutely incredible. And I also think something that you really touched upon is your leadership skills and your leadership abilities and how you, Listen, there's a big old truck coming by. <laughs> well, something that you've touched on is your leadership skills and your leadership abilities. And I think what's really cool about that is that you've learned to embrace um, that through these experiments and through these, um, you know, conversations with friends because even having a friend say, didn't you do that last year and it didn't work out and you saying, yeah, but I'm doing it again. That's a moment of leadership like Mm. that. I feel like those are moments where some people might be hurt by a comment like that, or some people might, you know, feel down or maybe not believed in, but you really took that and kept moving. And I think that's such a great reminder that leadership is not a one size fits all. And it can be found in all of these small pockets everywhere. Um, So when you, something I talk about on every episode, and I say this every single episode is um, female allyship. And you have touched on a lot of female allyship in your journey so far, particularly with that life-changing conversation with your friend Shauna. In your life, where have you found female allies and how have you found them in your business now that you've gone through you know, obviously all of these different experiments, all of these different chapters, how have female allies popped up in your life?
1: Oh my gosh. I mean, it's it's so important. Like definitely I have really close friends in my life who, who really held me down and were there for those like ups and downs when I was going through work issues. And then when I'm going through freelancing issues and even just like finding community, as an entrepreneur, like finding other yeah. women was really key. Like I one one of the things I did early on um, was join a co-working space here in Toronto that's for it's very inclusive, but it's you know for for women. And that was so great because even though I had friends, like my friends were super supportive, I didn't really have a lot of connections in the business world mm. or just knew other people who are doing what I wanted to do. Um, so joining that space, and at first I, I, I just volunteered there. That's how I was able to access the space. I volunteered in exchange oh, wow. for a membership. Um, but yeah, I've made some seriously lifelong friends through that space because it's just great to meet people who are going through things and figuring things out in the same way that you are like I think mentorship is is so key but I think it's also important to find like you said allies like kind of people who are in the weeds as well you know Mm -hmm. because I think sometimes if you talk to somebody who's a few years long they'll be like oh you'll figure it out um but sometimes you just need people to be like but I'm not figuring it out. And this is really hard. And I think I want to quit like every day. Is that
0: normal? You know? right. <laughs> are um, you scared too? Like, is this happening to you too? How much money are you making? You know, all of those conversations, I feel like they're so important. And Again, going back to that conversation with your friend where she said, "This is how much I'm making," yeah, um, and this is how much. This is how I went about this, and this is what I'm doing. Those conversations are so critical. Yeah. I've had conversations with friends recently where I was like, "You're making how much? <laughs> like, and you're doing what?" Because mm-hmm. having people tell you your worth uh, in in various ways, like defining their worth and defining your worth is just so helpful. Um, now that you're in a position where you're coaching others, like where you're helping freelancers and you're creating this beautiful space, Mm -hmm. um, how are you helping people see their worth?
1: Oh man. Uh, I mean, that to me is kind of the crux of what I do. Like that is the goal. Like I had a friend of mine who, um, in a way, like, it sounds weird. and uh, But I kind of created the course with her in mind, mm. because I actually met her at this coworking space. And I could just tell that she had it, you know, she was mm. super talented. She was a super talented writer, um, just extremely smart, very driven. Um, but I could tell that she was kind of just stuck and didn't quite wasn't quite owning her potential. Um, and right away, I just was like, very open with her. I was like, this is, this is what you should be charging minimum. Like, these are the kinds of people, like, can I introduce you um, to people? Because I just knew that she just needed a push, you know, you just yeah. needed that open door um, to to see it and then now she's gone through the program and um just actually celebrated her first five-figure month which is just incredible um and I'm just so excited because I was like this is I knew you had it you know I knew you had the potential to to get here and to do this uh you just needed maybe an example or just uh, a sign <laughs> uh or encouragement whatever it is um and that's what I that's what I feel like the course and like I guess the mentorship stuff that I do that's really what I try to to do is just I always say like yes I'm I'm teaching you but it's not like a top top down kind of situation I feel like it's very much a a mentor I, or I try to facilitate at least ways for everybody to support one another, because uh, I think that's really key. Is remi- remembering that everybody has expertise, right? Like the people coming mm. into this program, if you want to freelance or start a freelance business, it's probably because you're pretty good at the thing that you want to freelance right. at, right? At least good enough that you think that people will pay you a decent amount of money for. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> why, not? like, I'm why bring that into it? You know, like I have legal experts and other people, and. I I love when they chime in, they're like, oh, actually I could help review that contract for you. I'm like, yes, oh, <laughs> please. Community. <laughs> I love that so yeah. much.
0: Yeah. I just so, think that's yeah. so important. And um so when you're creating these spaces, how does that impact you? Like when you're hearing about this person who has a five figure month and you know something I also wanted to talk to you about is how you present yourself online because I I'm obsessed with it. And um, but when you have, um, you know, these successes, and you feel this community, how does that feel for you? Oh, it's the best feeling in the world. Like, even I say,
1: like, of course, the numbers, that sort of thing are great. But it's just it's all the little wins, big wins, little wins. Like I love when people say, you know, I fired a client, because mm. they weren't working out for me. And I use the scripts that you wrote. And I just had your voice in my head saying, you know, like you deserve better. It's like, that's to me, it's, it's everything because I mean, I was fortunate to, to get access to mentorship sort of in that way. Um, But I just, to me, that was everything. Like even having somebody like Shauna where I could message her early on and I would be so careful too with her, um, which is also partly why I wanted to create a program because when I met her, I was like, oh, she knows a lot. I do not want to annoy her, you know? Like, I don't want to be too needy. Um, So I'd always kind of space out my questions. And so that was another thing. You have like a list? Yeah, I mean, I I have a lot of things, but I'm like one, it's like going to the doctor. It's like one thing per per visit. Um, And so that's also a thing I wanted to create, which is like, I wanted a space where people could just come and, you know be messy or just like like ask as many questions as they want and not feel limited in that way not of course you know this is not reflecting on my friend at all I'm just saying that like of course having there's something about having a formal program where it's like you are given permission to to ask and to be supported and to to get what you need um yeah it's just it is it's everything like I just really yeah I love the I love I can, the
0: space that it's, that's created yeah I mean, I can tell that you love it and you love supporting people. And I think there's beauty in the mess. You know, there's beauty in uh, being able to be messy with other people, to be vulnerable. Because I think so much of what you're touching on is vulnerability and having the, the vulnerability mindset of like, oh, I'm going to be courageous right now. And I'm going to Mm -hmm. ask my friend this question. Um, I'm going to pull out my sticky notes and (laughs) write it all down. Um, Or I'm, you know, going to create a space where people can be vulnerable because I needed that. And I um, can reflect upon my journey. Uh, Has vulnerability come naturally to you? Or is that another muscle that we've been talking about that you've had to flex too?
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely a muscle. Um it's not something that uh naturally comes easy to me. It's like I usually try to keep my cards pretty close to my chest. Mm-hmm. Um but I did find in just being online I I, I think honestly last last summer and the events that happened with, in terms of like George Floyd and Black Lives Matter, that yeah. honestly really changed changed me and changed, completely changed how I showed up online. Like before I would really want to be super polished, super professional, everything was scheduled. Uh, you know, it was, it was fun and pretty, but like, it, it wasn't, there wasn't too much of me, you know, there was still a bit of me that was behind, I think a wall that I didn't let people see. Um, and then after that happened, I, I posted a video where I was just talking about diversity and inclusion, and that video just blew up. It went viral. Yeah, that's how and I found you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that to me was just completely shocking because I was like, "What? what is happening? Um, and after taking time to really process it, I realized it's like, what is happening is just me like people are responding to me in the way that I naturally show up without a filter without anything like literally there's a garbage can in the background because I'm in a park (laughs) and not think of course that it would go viral if I did but but also yeah (laughs) yeah but it was just me sitting in the park sharing my thoughts and that's what really resonated with people and I kind of realized I'm like okay then I just need to be me and I just really leaned into um, just sharing whatever I felt I needed to share, like, there's still some things I think that I keep to myself, which I think yeah. is okay and important. Like, I'm not the kind of person to, you know, be crying on my Instagram stories or, or something like that. Um, but I'm definitely just, yeah, a lot a lot more unfiltered. And just seeing the response, I realized that I didn't need to hide. I think it was coming from a place of insecurity, honestly. Like, oh, I wow. felt like I needed to be a certain person online In order to for people to like me, you know, (laughs) which sounds Uh, sad, but I think probably a lot of people can relate to that. So So
0: many people can relate (laughs) to that, and thank you for sharing all of that. Mm -hmm. And I found you through that video, and I have been following your journey since then because I just really resonated with so much of what you said, and I wanted to learn more about you,
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: I wanted to just see who you were and like what (laughs) content you you know created and what your business was about, and but i but i also think that something you're also talking about is well lots of things swirling in my brain but people pleasing is something you know i feel like as women we're always battling with in general and then yeah. also i think a lot of what you're talking about and we've mm-hmm. talked about this on the show before is white supremacy culture
1: mm-hmm. and
0: <laughs> um adapting to uh, white supremacy culture and the patriarchy and certain standards that Mm -hmm. we all have around what we should look like online, how should we, how we should present ourselves. Um, you know, I think that's why I have a lot of qualms with, uh, corporate culture Mm -hmm. and with the nine to five kind of culture that we have going on in this, um, world. And also with, uh, the mindset we have around who and, you know, what a leader is. And it's one of the reasons why I started this show because there are just so many people out there that are sharing moments like you did in the park in front of a trash can, you know, like (laughs) where you were just talking to people and look at how that resonated with so many people. Look Mm -hmm. at how many people saw your leadership and saw you and saw the words that you were saying and and felt them and felt their importance and wanted to connect with you and that, and wanted to hear more from you as a leader uh, in what you are doing in your life. Mm -hmm. I think that so much of what white supremacy culture tells us is bullshit. And we have Mm -hmm. to wrap ourselves up in this pretty nice bow. And, um, that's just not life. So, I think Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I was drawn to your content and how you present yourself online is because uh, of who you are and uh, how resourceful you are in hearing more of your story. It's not shocking that that's now what you present um, Mm -hmm. to the world is you. So I guess my question is now like how, um, what, what are your goals from here? You know, like you've spent the last year really like embracing yourself in that moment, um, you know, when George Floyd was murdered was so pivotal for everyone in this country. I mean, for me, certainly.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but for, you know, Black people in the world, obviously, yeah. that was a moment that was, um, you know, has deeply resonated. And I've talked to several women on the show about it. What is your goal moving forward in your business now that you've had this like huge moment um over the past year in, of transformation?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's something honestly that I'm still kind of figuring out what I want. That's awesome.
0: Want.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I definitely don't have like a five-year plan or anything really mapped out. Like I have some goals and ideas, but they'll probably shift and change. Um Right now I'm honestly just, testing some new things out, uh, in terms of, uh, the mentorship piece. I want to, um, I have some uh, workshops and a new digital product in the works, um, because Ooh. I want to,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, cause yeah, I just, again, wanting to help people, but wanting, figuring that probably a course or six week course might not be a, the thing that resonates with everybody. Um, so figuring out how can I still, you know, solve the problem I want to solve, but maybe in slightly different ways. Um, But yeah, honestly, I'm I'm still figuring things out. I'm still kind of learning about myself. Um, Like one thing I'm kind of leaning into just with the summer and I'm hoping beyond the summer is just um, just finding more balance, more time for rest and space um, within my days. Um, so I've been saying no a lot more. I've been oh, a bit stricter with my time in terms of, um, like even when I book calls and the kind of just not having, letting people have access to, you know, hundred percent of me all the time. And, and that's been good. And honestly, just, yeah, giving myself time and space to, to really, to think <laughs> more. Yeah. Um, I realized that, yeah, last summer with the lockdowns, I just started walking in the morning, mainly because I was living in a tiny apartment and being home all day did not help (laughs) that. Um, But I go on these walks and I find I just come up with all these ideas. Like I'd have to sit down and open my notes app and write everything down. Um, And that. Yeah I just realized I think that I was so stuck in like the day-to-day deadlines of it all that I wasn't really giving myself the space to think bigger and the time to think bigger. Um, So yeah it's not really a a plan per se but it is something where I try to um, I guess be a little bit easier on myself. Before I'd have a pretty strictly regimented life and now um, I try to just kind of lean into what I'm feeling a bit more and honor how I'm feeling and not judge myself too much for how I'm feeling. Um, like if I have a really productive day, that's great. If the next day I'm not as productive, that's also great. That's yeah. probably just what my brain needed. Um, and yeah, just kind of thinking, just letting my, letting things come to me. <laughs> I know this sounds a little like,
0: no, washy, hippie dippy, but <laughs> oh no, I love wishy, washy, hippie dippy. And I think what you are touching on is the importance of self-care and rest Mm -hmm. and it goes back really to who you are as a person who is so willing to experiment or with (laughs) things around them and i love that because i think there's a beauty in that risk of okay like let's just sit here and figure out what's going on and try Mm -hmm. you know this thing and and you know um futz with this novel nozzle a little bit or whatever and um I think there's really so much beauty in that. Um, Something that a past guest of this show, um, the founder of Joybrick, she, um, Rachel, she talks about incubation. And Mm. I think that's really what you are experiencing are moments of incubation and how it's so important to kind of just take that time where you're not on your phone. You're not, you're just going on walks and, um, having that magical period where your ideas flow out of you. And like you're saying, you're writing them all down. And um, a lot of us don't take that time to Mm -hmm. incubate. So I think the fact that you have um, started to take that time to incubate is wonderful. And I Mm -hmm. think more business owners need to hear that. Um, Mm. I think a lot of business owners need to hear so many of the things that you're saying because, (laughs) there is um, this expectation, again, going back to white supremacy culture and the patriarchy where it's like hustle, grind, figure it out, have all the plans. And that's really overwhelming. Over the past year in your business, um, have those moments popped up for you? And how have you combated that? Like moments in terms of that hustle? Of like hustle and grind, like hustle culture, and then just like having to be on all the time.
1: Oh, totally. I'd say that was probably yeah, basically up until last summer how I operated. I'd always tell myself like mm. it's okay, like just work as hard as you can, you'll reap the wor- the benefits later. That was kind of my mentality. I was like you're you're young, just just push. <laughs> uh and outwardly I'd be doing like I would still be doing things and kind of kind of project maybe an aura of that like I have it all together, but mm. inside I was like really grinding myself and working myself to the bone um so yeah I totally have those moments um there's still some times where I, I have to be a bit harder on myself like even on the weekend I was behind on a project and I was like I'm sorry you're not working this Sunday and that, <laughs> I'll be honest I like it was a holiday this past week so I took Wednesday and Thursday off so I was like okay you had your break like I think you just need to sit down and get and get this stuff done right um so I still have moments where I just need to kind of like whip myself back into gear um but I'd say right now I'm very much anti-hustle like even the way I operate my business like right now I have two part-time um workers with me they're on contract so they're not employees but I have a, a part-time assistant and a, a part-time writer. And uh, I always tell them, I'm like, nothing's on fire. Nobody's gonna die. <laughs> um, I'll be like, yeah. let's put it, put in the dates, see what makes sense. If we need to move things, we need to move things. Um, but really just trying to create, give them the same space, I guess, that I've given to myself um, and really help them feel supported. Like one thing I'll do with my assistant is kind of give her stretch projects. I'll be like, just try your best at this thing. And, you know, if you need questions, if you have questions, if you need help along the way, I'm here. Uh, but most of the time, like nine times out of 10, she knocks it out of the park. Right, uh, And I think that's just so important to give people the space to, to try and experiment without that pressure of failure about feeling like if i get this wrong the campaign's gonna fail or this i'll be like no this is just a fun side project that we're doing and we'll see how it goes like that's basically my i guess mo is just we'll see how it goes right if it goes well (laughs) yeah, yeah let's play if it goes well let's see how we can do more of that if it doesn't go well let's not do that anymore. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Yeah. I really don't like to see things as failure. I think too, because I had managers and bosses who were really hard on me and put a lot of pressure on me and made me feel like when I messed up, the whole world was falling down. Um, And now I just, as a leader, just want to take a completely different approach to that and want everybody to feel supported and encouraged and just know that, I have your back, you know? Totally. Like if, if there needs to be a difficult conversation, then I'm I'm usually the one to handle it. Like I'll do that kind of work. Um, but yeah, I just I yeah, I just don't see the need for things to be super um like yeah, just the, Rigid the urgency and- yeah, the rigidness, the urgency, the hustle, even the contracts I take on, like I do a lot of content writing, and even then I'm like, if this blog post goes out Tuesday versus when, like it doesn't really matter. Um, that right. to say. it's okay.
0: Like the world is not going to end, and like you also need to take that time for yourself too. Like maybe that means you need the moment, and yeah. something I I cannot believe we're at like our hour almost. <laughs> yeah. But um, I wanted to talk to you about how you present yourself, um, like through your photos and mm. through your website because I love it. I adore. I. <laughs> I love all of your photos. I love your website. Like I think the way you present yourself is really beautiful. Um, Mm. How, what sort of choices came, um, like how did you make those decisions to, you know, present yourself in the way that you do?
1: I mean, because the first time I did it, I, I tried to be a different person. Like if you scroll back, I guess on my Instagram feed to the first kinds of photos that I had, Um, I had like I I remember when I did my first branding shoot, I like had my hair straight, high heels, blazers, because I just I just felt like that was I guess too, it was kind of like very much strong like girl boss era where I felt like I just had to play the part. And again, I think like you said, patriarchy, all of that stuff where I just felt very insecure. I felt insecure in my body as myself, and I felt like I needed to. Put on this armor, kind me of. Too. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. when I first started, and I remember feeling always so insecure because I I had these photos and they were beautiful. I look great, but it just wasn't me, and I felt weird every time I had to put out a photo because it just <laughs> it just didn't look like me. And I would think too that I'm like catfishing my clients because uh, you see one person and it's like this other person who's just the same but diff- completely different um so yeah that's kind of where I having that experience of realizing okay I definitely don't want to portray myself that way and a another experience another story sorry I have a
0: storyteller so oh no, I <laughs> love it that is why we are here to amplify yeah. women's voices and stories so that is what I love in life so awesome. I love all your stories
1: so yeah I think I guess it would have been 2019 pre pre-pandemic but I was at a networking event and um yeah I was talking to somebody who maybe a potential client we're kind of we're hitting it off and I think I showed her my website or something um or my, maybe my social media which I, at the time had all the pretty polished pictures and i remember her kind of doing a double take she's like is that you i'm like yeah yeah i mean i know i look different at the time i was wearing what i usually kind of wear which is a big jean jacket my hair was longer so it was in a ponytail just like very casual laid back um and i remember her she was like you know can i be honest with you and i was like yeah sure she's like i'd honestly rather work with the person standing in front of me than the person in these
0: photos oh god bless her (laughs) oh my gosh yeah how awesome I mean that I would probably be like wait what like but <laughs> how cool how did you feel I mean I
1: def- I felt taken aback I was just like I was like oh wow because I think I'd never had somebody really say something like that And because it, yeah. it was like criticism but also so empowering at the same time so I didn't really right. know how to take it <laughs> it's like on one hand I'm like kind of offended but on the other hand I'm like No, you're absolutely right. Like, this is, this is who (laughs) I am. And I'm not portraying that. So that really planted a seed of like, oh, I need these photos got to go like I need um, a different photo, uh, or new photography. But last September, I was fortunate enough, I have a really a good friend here, who is an incredible (laughs) photographer. I mean, (laughs) she's amazing and I remember messaging her I was actually looking for other people because I just assumed she'd be too busy and then um everybody kept being like no Jenny Jenny I'm like okay fine I'll just message her and be like is there any chance that you have any kind of availability within the next few months and she's like yeah I actually have a spot open in two weeks I'm like good I'm in whatever (laughs) it costs I don't care I'm there um and yeah I just for that for those that shoot I just was like no just wear just wear the clothes that you usually wear. Like I yeah. wore this yellow sweater that I literally wear every, almost every week. Um, like all, I got some new, some new clothes, but mostly just stuff I already had and like colors that I knew I would always be had. And one thing was key is that I wore my sneakers. Like I wear these white Converse sneakers every day. They're kind of, I don't know, I call it like my Steve Jobs kind of look <laughs> or my like tech bro look Obsessed. where I just wear the same shoes every day. Yes. I'm like, if Zuckerberg can do it, I can do it.
0: <laughs> so can I.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was like, I want to wear my sneakers because these are my, like, these are the sneakers. I always show up in these sneakers. Um. And I think, yeah, we have working with a friend, also a woman of color, yeah. which is really important with, to me. The first me time too, I did yeah. a branding shoot, honestly, it had a couple of like microaggression moments kind of happen. Like they try to touch up my makeup, but they use the wrong shade. So I had mm. to fix it myself uh so just things like that which of course no like they did their best but that was something too where I was like I absolutely 100% need to work with a woman of color uh photographer just even like lighting you know like we just totally us us melanated people we need
0: (laughs) no totally um I've had a makeup artist on this show um who you know described her experience as a black makeup artist where she yeah. said I have to have everything in my kit but you know other makeup artists who are white do not and yeah. you know there's a lot that goes into um color matching women of color and lighting and everything so I know exactly what you're saying and then obviously having done shoots myself like there are some photos where I'm like you do not know how to shoot me yeah. and so I I adore this particular, um, story and these moments that you're sharing, because I think it is so important to be authentic, show your authentic self, invest in your authenticity and find Mm -hmm. somebody who can do that. Um, so you look and you feel good and those photos are beautiful. The way you present yourself online, it's gorgeous. And I love it. And, um, I want to respect your time. I know we're at our hour. I feel like I could talk to you for hours, but um, if, if, if somebody wants to find you and work with you, if they're thinking about getting into um, a freelancing role, if you know, they're changing their life in this dramatic way, like you have, where can they find you and how can they work with you?
1: Yeah. I mean, definitely my Instagram at Jasmine Williams media, all one word. Um, That's usually that's the place where I show up the most. I create a lot of content right now. I'm releasing a weekly series of blog posts. I'm not sure when this will come out, but I'll probably still be releasing blog posts. Um, And just, yeah, I like to post a lot of fun content, advice, um, reels, all sorts of stuff. So I'd say that's probably the best place to start. Um, My website, jasminewilliams.ca. That's Kind of my my hub, so you can learn about the kind of the consulting work that I do, and I also have a resources page there uh, that has a links to all of my freelance resources. I have a face free Facebook community, um, a freelance rate calculator, a, a couple of other downloadable resources, a weekly newsletter. Um, so creating a lot of content, no big deal, y'all. Like <laughs> oh my God, I got you covered. <laughs> um, so yeah, jasminewilliams.ca/resources is probably the uh, the place to awesome. go on my website. Um, but yeah, I'd say find me on Instagram, Twitter, you know, I could send you all the socials so people can um, link up with me everywhere. Yes. Um, but I'm always like, I'm a friendly <laughs> <DM> me. <laughs> if you got questions, I will always point you in the right direction
0: beautiful we will put everything in the show notes for the episode and um please go follow jasmine find her work with her um her work is incredible and now you've heard her beautiful story um jasmine thank you so much for coming on the show it was such a pleasure having you and i'm just so grateful for your time today
1: yeah thank you so much this is so beautiful i almost felt like tearing up a couple of times this is oh. such a beautiful
0: conversation and oh, i really thank loved it you. Thank you so much. And for our listeners, remember your story matters, your voice matters, and I will see you in the next episode of Growing Woman. Thank you so much, everyone.